0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, I'm Hanif Baharuddin. You're tuned into the show that brings you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Shohana Shamsuddin, President of Breaker Banda, joins us on the show in this episode to talk about Sponge City an urban management model that's designed to mitigate and manage floods It's a concept that's worth adopting for our city in light of the recent developments that happened a couple of months ago It's highly important that the city starts considering different ways to deal and manage the risk of floods and perhaps this can be one of them Here's Shohana to explain what it is
1: Okay, before I talk about Sponge cities. I think I would like to just discuss a bit about the water-sensitive urban design approach, which is um approach that has been adopted in especially in China and other other parts of the world, which is you know, we are which are facing problem with um urban flooding, uh, uh or flash floods or and one off uh, flooding that is actually of a disaster uh, uh, level. And um, this approach, you know, which which is called water sensitive urban design approach, is where we look at the city planning and the ways uh, the way we design and build cities, which actually uh, take into consideration the presence of water bodies, which is usually um, one of the features that is associated with many cities because in the past. Water has been a major uh, transportation mine uh, during the time when there's no automobile, no no uh, motorised vehicles, and people are depending on water-based transportation. So most cities are built by the water, either rivers or estuaries or, or the coastal, you know, uh, or by the sea. But when we build those cities, now this aspect of the uh, water, has not been um, taken into consideration or not been part of, um, of um, design, um, a design solution to actually use them as a way to manage any or extra water or storm water as a result of um, heavy uh, downpour and use the, the, the water features uh, and the way we manage the, the water as part of giving character to the cities. So it's about connecting water management uh, or storm, like but in the case of flooding, it's more of storm water management to making good places and, and giving character. And in this approach, you know, when water-sensitive urban design approach, we actually change uh, the perspectives of water from something of a nuisance when you have lots of it, you know, during flooding, to a valuable resource, valuable resource and part of... um giving identity to cities. So, in this approach, there are many measures uh, that has uh, been uh, developed as a way to anticipate how extra water that comes through unusual uh, weather uh, or, or during, like in Malaysia, we have the uh, monsoon seasons when, I mean, it is anticipated that it will be rain, constant rain for about two or three months and then Uh, We have the states in the East Coast like um, Pahang, Terengganu, and Kelantan, which is actually, um, which is only quite immune, you know, to to flooding because they are, geographically, they are located in in a position where they are subjected to this monsoon. Uh, But when flooding occurs in Selangor state, or in the federal territory like flash floods and so forth which is actually not part of the this monsoon um season uh, states you know then there the issue arises you know how have we built our cities to in order not to ensure that we are not going to face this this disastrous level of flooding again because this is not associated with the the, the monsoon uh, or, or the, the climate but it, it, it's just like unusually the there are the, the, the the rain, you know, falls heavily for uh, several days. So, under this uh, approach of water-sensitive urban design, we will look. We, when we design the cities, we look at the water bodies that we have, the location, the, the cities are, uh, are located. How has cities been built? You know, what is the capacity of the city to absorb water uh, when there is a heavy downfall? and then to actually uh, design a system, a natural system that can easily absorb this water, Uh, rather than uh, we just hope, we just wait until there's this flooding, then only we we find a a solution to solve the problem.
0: Are there any examples of cities that adopted this model?
1: So, one of the countries that actually um, has made a water-sensitive urban design approach is one of their main... um, as a new form of a uh, way of building cities is China. I think in uh, it was like 2012, Beijing had a great flood. And after that, over 30 locations of uh, China was designed as a sponge city, uh, urban development, whereby now the sponge cities uh, is a concept under this water-sensitive urban design approach, whereby the urban area uh, or the city is designed to cope with flooding which is caused by heavy either heavy rain, high tides, or swollen rivers, and the sponge city design actually uh, mitigate and prevent uh, such events of uh, flooding by providing area with the ability to naturally absorb the excessive water.
0: How does it do that, actually?
1: Oh, that's why I said that. The, the the question is, uh, you cannot build water <laughs> sponge cities in an instant it has to be a part of parcel of the overall uh, design and the way you plan the cities. And uh, when it comes to existing cities, there'll be a lot of adjustment to be made on the existing infrastructure. We talk about flooding, you know, there, are, there are the, how does flood occurs? Why does it occur? I mean, we know the flooding occurs because of the excessive water, you know, that comes uh, through heavy rain. But being a, country you know we, which is um, uh, having a tropical climate you know we cannot run away from heavy rain especially because that is part of the nature of our tropical climate you know rain and sun sunshine but that's why it's so uh, important for us when we build our cities here in malaysia being in a tropical climate we have to adopt this water sensitive urban design approach because like it or not we are going the just chances of facing flooding is higher than those cities who are not in the uh, having a tropical climate, and the reason why flooding occurs is not just because of the heavy rain. It's the way you build the cities that actually limits the capacity, the capability of the city to absorb the water naturally into the ground or discharges into the our uh, existing water system or water bodies. So, and that's why the cities become, uh, the rivers become swollen. Swollen means, you know, it, it cannot uh, retain the water anymore. And when you have a city that is, uh, have a high percentage of built area, tarmac, you know, gray, we call it gray, gray fabric, you know, where, where uh, lots of tarmac or concrete as compared to natural ground surface like. Uh, grass uh, land in open spaces or or where there are heavy vegetation like in the parks or the forests, then the, the uh, capability of the city to absorb the water is limited. So the water that falls into the ground cannot be discharged into the ground because the tarmac or the, uh, the concrete surface cannot absorb water as compared to grass land or if there is already an existing lakes or ponds you know which can easily absorb water so uh this phenomenon i mean they, they actually uh when we we have a constantly have series of flash floodings or uh, or floodings of a magnitude that like we, we we faced before this it's partly is of our own doing as well. It's not just the, the, the weather or it, it, it gone observe or, or the weather, but it's the way we build our city that is actually aggravates the problem. So, um, I mean, this, is, this relates uh, to our discussion before uh, about post-pandemic uh, cities where I was uh, saying that you know we don't have enough open spaces for people to the access to open spaces for the sake of mental health and uh, well-being of people when you already coop up in your house you need to get access to open spaces you know just just to, to keep you uh, sane and when you are limited when you have limited open spaces you know you are trapped indoors and that that's uh, that that actually uh, creates lots of uh, uh, social uh problems uh, as a result of the pandemic and that problem of not having Educate open spaces is actually related to what we are facing in doing the flooding, because we I and mean, when you lack open spaces, you know green open spaces that can absorb water, so the 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 city is uh, get swollen up, and when the water will pull up because they 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 cannot go to the ground, and the rivers are another thing. You now when you have a concrete channeling of rivers, you know concrete embankment that itself cannot also not um um allowing water to be seep through easily because, like I said, it's now concrete and tarmac, you know, they don't absorb, they're not the materials that absorb water as compared to natural embankment of rivers with soils, or with just the natural uh, soil uh, grass area, which can easily absorb the water. And another uh, problem apart from that too much hard surface, you know, uh, there's also uh, the increase of uh, surface water runoff during a heavy downpour, you know, when you, when water, suddenly, you know, just poured down uh, uh, into and the the existing drainage system does does not have the capacity to absorb large amount of water uh, within a short period of time. And that is the way you can see that many drains, you know, actually end up becoming like rivers because they they exceed the capacity uh, in terms of the, the size and the depth.
0: That was Shohana Shamsuddin, President of Breaker Banda, talking about water-sensitive urban design concepts and sponge cities. We're going for a short break. Stay tuned. I'm Hanif Baharuddin and you're listening to I Love KL on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9 You're listening to I Love KL Bringing you closer To the people And places Of our capital city I'm Hanif Baharuddin Joining me on the show today Via Zoom Is Shuhana Shamsuddin President of Breaker Banda, And she's been talking about A water sensitive Urban design approach To our city She has also suggested That we consider A sponge city design That's currently adopted By cities in China She admitted that The concept of sponge cities Is easier to implement For new towns As it can be included During the design process But what about cities That are already more mature like Kuala Lumpur. Here's the suggestions on ways to retrofit the concept to our city.
1: For the existing um, cities, you know, one of the solutions that has been uh, done is to introducing green roofs because um, this can easily be done because the uh, green roofs is when we've got lots of um, high-rise buildings or flat roofs yeah, where you can install uh, a system where you can plant roofs or uh, a grass area at the rooftop. And this can be part of the absorbing materials uh, that can absorb the water. And you can channel the... There's also the rain harvesting water system that can be installed in um, buildings where they collect all the water that, that, that falls on the roof into a tank or something like that that can actually... You can use the water. You can recycle the water and use it for for other means uh, like to for landscaping or for eating and so forth, you know. So so rainwater harvesting, green roof things, you know, have been proven to be actually uh, helps a bit in in um absorbing the water. I mean like in um in Rotterdam, I think in, in Holland somewhere, you know, they even have an urban farming. They have the flat roofs, you know, the rooftop, they can people can plant things. They can they can have a um, allotment of gardens where you can grow vegetables uh, as so at the rooftop and this this rooftop is actually helping to absorb the, the water at the same time uh, at the same time giving the urban dwellers an opportunity to plant their their, their their herbs or or the because they don't have access to a garden uh, at the ground level so these these are some of the um, solutions that has been adopted uh, elsewhere you know to to deal with the problem but um, on, a, on a more long-term strategy, we need to increase the amount of open spaces in the cities. You know, where we have to utilize uh, lots of um, uh, unutilized uh, spaces and, and convert them into small pocket parks or uh, pocket spaces with natural vegetation, plantings and so forth. Because these are the, the things that helps to absorb water.
0: Shona also said that we need to also look at different ways to redesign our streets.
1: Another thing is I think we have to review the way we design our streets, you know. Because sometimes, you know, I noticed that when you when the, the the way we design the streets, many Trees has been uh, cut off, you know, uh, along the roadside. Planting has been cut in order to widen the streets. Really this is this this gesture not just change the character of cities, you know. But at the same time, it reduces the the absorption uh, capacity of city because roadside planting, you know, will helps to absorb water. And another way you design the uh, the streets when the, you put lots of uh, paved materials, you know, along the roadside, on uh, the roadside, you know, there's no way for the water. To discharge, and that's why you find that streets become uh, even you know remember some of the highway here, dupe, you know, becomes flooded. Even a few minutes because there's no way for the water that falls on the 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 road to to uh, be channeled away because the surface when you put concrete, tarmac, brick, whatever um, hard surface material, it cannot absorb water. So. Uh, the street design also has to be built, and perhaps the drains. You know, I noticed that some parts of the the cities where the drains um, along the, the the roads are just a few inches in depth. You know, how can it, it helps to take uh, away the water when when there's a heavy downpour? So uh, there should be an I I think it, there should be um an intens- intensive uh study being done in cities that have that potential of uh. Facing another um, of this um, problem in the future, you know, to review back how the city has been designed, and you know, in how can you improve the capability of city to absorb uh, water, um, and uh, to use this nature system, whereby you, like I said, you know, that it's it's time to bring in more of the natural landscape into the cities, you know, natural, because these are how you know. How the city is able to um, cope with uh, downfall by absorbing water through the vegetation. Once you cut down trees, once you all the open spaces now has been converted into development. Once you um, retention ponds have been uh, used for development, and this is this is uh, these are the measures that actually increase the the risk of the city's being flooded. You know uh, during uh, heavy rain.
0: These ideas are good, but who should be responsible for bringing these changes?
1: I think this 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 needs a uh, decision must be made at the government level. You know, it, it cannot just be made at the local authority level because they they are tied with um, resources and then so forth. So. If this approach is adopted and embraced at the government level, you know, then it will trickle down and slowly, you know, there will be lots of budget being allocated, you know, to do the kind of studies. Like I said, an urban design master plan for flood mitigation is very important, especially for high risk cities, you know. Irish cities in the in the sense that cities they are prone to flooding and so they are the, the one that must be given priority in uh, doing this master planning and this master planning uh, will be done based on the existing problem and how they can, can be improved for existing cities and also a guideline to be produced for future future uh, uh, new towns or new township and so forth so i mean like you see um i think of all the cities in Malaysia i think Putrajaya in a way of despite many criticisms about Putrajaya but one of the things that is good about Putrajaya it has so many parks it has so many um uh, water bodies you know wetlands and so forth that can act as Water retention ponds; they can absorb the water. Should there be a heavy downpour, and there's lots of uh, every neighborhood has lots of trees being planted, and there and there are lots of grass area in between the uh pedestrian pathway. So I think uh, what what Putrajaya has done. I think they they are, they are already anticipating this problem in the future. So they are quite safe, I think, in terms of flooding. But the other cities where there is a lack of this open space, lacking of natural vegetation inside the cities, you know, they are the one who I suppose must uh, go for this technology of. Of adapting the, the the existing buildings, like I mentioned just now, you know, the green roofs and the rainwater harvesting system, and then maybe um, uh, re, um, redesigning the, the natural uh, the drainage or sewage system and so forth. But that that is to say, but they still must increase the amount of open spaces for the sake of the mental health of the people. You know, not we're not just talking about flooding. but people need open space psychologically. Um, uh, we need to have close access to nature and open spaces for good well-being and mental health.
0: What about areas outside the city or around the city? For example, the suburbs. You know.
1: Uh, oh yeah, I think suburbs should not have that much problem uh, as the cities because they 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 have more percentage of uh vegetation and open spaces. They like higher than those in the inner cities. The one the inner cities are the 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 one that is really in a precarious position and another thing I would uh, I would comment is that you know we especially if you look at what's happening in uh, the Klang Valley there should be a limit you know uh, to contain the city we shouldn't allow the city to spread you know uh, the housing development you know one after another being built as far as uh, uh, all along the major transportation route now in this way you are you are increasing the size of built up areas and not allowing for uh, the the nature the nat- the natural uh what, or green areas you know to actually help to so absorb the water i mean if you look in uk they have a system called the green belt you no, know, they contain the cities. You no, know. after certain dis um uh, certain size, you no, know, the cities cannot be built anymore. The countryside, you know, the 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 must be protected surrounding the cities, and they have to build another town uh, outside So that from one city to another, there is a green green belt area, and that that itself will have to to limit the size of the built out area because the 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 reason why the cities cannot absorb uh, this water is because of the large amount of this, like I said, the hard surface on the city as a result of a uh, high density and large percentage of built-up area as compared to the natural uh, open spaces and green area.
0: Shohana also reiterates Breaker Banda's role in helping to shape the conversations about our cities and what we can do to improve things.
1: Yeah, Prekavanda is actually. I mean, our role is to. Be, we have been when we set up our city. We have seen all this problem, you know, in the past. So we see our role now is to at least to, to be the voice to champion for good practice in urban design. We want urban design to be considered as a main uh, priority in city building, which at the moment, sadly, is not. It's not the case. If you look at um the the whole system, uh, the way the how the organizational structure uh, that take care of how the cities, uh, how cities are built or being developed. Urban design is not even there's not even a unit, urban design unit at the plan leisure, which actually um, responsible for the planning uh Of the in measure and under KPKT, you know the uh, the ministry responsible for urban development and housing is under the KPK Kementerian dan Kerajaan, the local government, you know, and even there, there's no department responsible for urban design. There's the plan measure which is planning. We have the Jabatan Landskap Negara which looks into landscape. There's there's no urban design. Uh, okay, if urban design is said to be uh, covered by the planning under planning. Of the country, then there should be a unit of urban design in Plan Malaysia so that these people can actually help to uh, help all the local authorities in giving guidelines, you know, guidance, you know, how to design cities in you know, state. Because we cannot just expect that when you have a good plan, you know, you got a good um, development plan, then you have a very good city because the plans are normally. Uh, in um, two dimensions. You know, they are just basically in terms of maps and statements, policy statements. But how do you translate the policy statements into actual design solution that can be built on the ground? That is where urban design comes into place. But we don't have that part. It's missing. So that's why we have our cities, you know, that's why we are are, are very concerned about our cities um, not having character. Now we are facing cities are not giving us the uh, quality of life. And, and flooding becomes a, a major problem as a result of the way we build our cities because if we had embraced urban design as part of the way we build our cities in Malaysia, you know, I think much of the problem that we see today can be uh, avoided, like, you know, making our cities walkable, you know, that we can walk, easily walk, then we have access to better quality of life through more amount of open open spaces, you know, in the neighbourhoods or even in the city centres. At the same time, these open spaces are helping to absorb the water as part of the like uh, what the sponge city uh, concept is uh, propagating so i think it's about time that um, the malaysia you know must take urban design seriously and becomes an important part of the way we build our cities Asia. i am not to say that um when you have urban design you don't have to plan no urban design can be it's actually assisting to make the planning of cities into uh, reality you know because when you because when we talk about planning we're talking about what is uh what is supposed to be done but how are you going to do it and design because architects are normally um normally responsible to build cities on uh, to, to build uh, buildings on specific sites within the city but we need we need people to consider you know how to design the city as a whole and the architect will respond to that when they've got their individual sites so um I think this is, I mean, if it's important, so important that an urban design unit be set up at, at Plan Nation so that uh, at least you know we can see that the in uh, under department that is responsible for planning nature, we have an urban design uh, unit that is actually looking into urban design, not just planning, because there's already a department of landscape under uh, KPKT. Ideally, I would. I would love it if we have a department of urban design under KPKT then we have a we have a real um uh, giving a real concern about the the way we design but if we cannot have it as a department under KPKT then the the least we we can have is to have a unit under plan nation because the, because urban design is closely related to plan planning the planning will set the overall um uh, framework in terms of spatial Distribution of resources, the the, the infrastructure, and communication network, and so forth, and basically planning. A, a main concern is about the land use and so forth. But urban design will actually translate all these policies into actual design solutions that you can see the effects on the ground.
0: You've been tuning in to I Love KL, and that was Sham Shamsuddin, President of Breaker Banda, sharing her thoughts on water-sensitive urban design approach as well as sponge cities to help the city in flood management. That's all we have for this episode of I Love KL. If you miss any part of the show, you can check out the podcast at bfm.my slash ilovekl, our app which you can find via Google Play and the App Store, and also Spotify. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharuddin, and you've been tuning in to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and Places of our capital city. Join us again next week only on BFM 89.9, the business station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.